Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rich State of Mind. In this episode, I'm talking to Kimon Hines. Kimon helps individuals and organizations bring ideas to life. As a coach, speaker, author, and minister, he helps people figure out the next steps to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be. This company has worked to help dozens of individuals to start their own business. Through working with him, people have turned their expertise into businesses, some of which have earned six figures within their first year. Kimon and I also discuss generational wealth and uh, bringing out the entrepreneurial spirit in our kids. I think that's a very important topic as well. So please enjoy this uh, episode. I think it's got some great fresh content in it that um, especially as a parent, you'd be able to uh, derive from. And those that have um, entrepreneurial dreams, uh, you can also derive some great content from this as well. Thanks for listening. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. appreciate you taking this time uh, with this episode. I, I'm looking very forward to actually talking about uh, teaching your kids, uh, you know, for generational wealth and preparing them for their future to make sure they don't start it from zero. That's uh, in particular for me. But if you could please tell us a little bit about you and uh, what do you do? Sure. So again, my name is Kimon Hines. I'm born, born in Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in Trinidad. All right. So I know that's usually people do it the other way around. They're born on the islands. They grow up. They come to the U.S. I did it the reverse. I came back to the U.S., um, met my wife. We went off to college and studied, and I became a minister and worked in that field for 15 years and then experienced what I feel like a second call to step out of that into what I'm doing now, coaching people and helping them bring their ideas to life. Awesome. And so... Let's, let's talk a little bit about your transition. Uh, what made you want to become a minister and then, yeah. and then transition into what you do now? Uh, that's it's, a, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting. My first degree is in something called actuarial science. And that's simply the people who calculate risk. They're the folks who price your insurance, right? They're the people who help you to figure out how much money you need to put aside for retirement. That's what I studied in college. And I worked for two years in college and one year out of college in that field. And that year out of college, I was miserable. Anthony, it was like the most miserable time of my life because I knew this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. 
I was making good money. I was in, I was single at the time. I was dating, but I was single, was living in New York. You know, I was family was all around, but I just was not fulfilled. And I was I was always religious. I was always very religious. And I felt, you know, for those who might be religious, I felt what people might call a call. I felt like God wanted me to step into the field of being a minister, to serve people, to help people, to teach people, right, to empower people. And so I left that career, went off to seminary, which is where people go to study to be a pastor, and uh, spent three years studying and then got uh, a job as a pastor and moved around as a pastor. Uh, for about 15 years. And then what ended up you stopping doing that into now uh, the business that you do? <laughs> I know that's so funny, right? It's like, um, if, if people are listening to this, you say, well, didn't you say you had a call and uh, God told you to do this? Uh, how come you left it, right? And mm-hmm. this, my, my belief is there's sometimes and seasons for things of our lives. And so what might be right at one point, like this is what I'm supposed to do. If I overstay, that becomes the wrong thing for me, right? If I stay yes. doing that too long, even though I could say I was a hundred, I was confident this is what I was supposed to be doing. Then if I'm not supposed to be doing it 15 years later, right? And I keep doing it, it'll become miserable for me. Now I, I'll be, I'm going to preface that by saying I wasn't miserable as a minister. Yes. What happened is along the way, I was picking up skills. I was doing things and I was helping people as a minister to do some of the same things I'm doing now. I was helping some of my members figure out, Hey, here's what you have. Like you got to, you know, you're really good at this. You can do something with this. You can do more with this. And so I was helping people. And along the way, I started to feel maybe as the next stage for me, is to do more with this thing that I've kind of been doing to the side. You know, I think people, a lot of us, we do something on the side. Like I work on this job in the daytime, but I bake on the side. Like I do this, but I'm doing this on the side. And it's like, no, maybe I should pursue this a little bit more. So I got certified as a life coach because I was trying to figure out um, what I'm doing with these people is coaching. Let me get some sort of certification. And then about a year before I made the move, my wife and I had a conversation where we discuss me making that transition, me making that shift to going full-time and what it would take um, financially, what it would take in terms of us getting ourselves situated. Because we wanted to move as well. If we were going to leave, there was no reason for us to live where we live. We said, let's pick a place that we really wanted to live, like Florida, right? Tampa. So that's what we did. We worked that plan. But I was convinced that the things that I was doing on the side, coaching people, helping them start businesses, was the thing that I needed to do as my next vocation. Awesome. I love that story. Uh, and my father would appreciate your story as well. A uh, huge religious man. Um, definitely, I learned a lot from him off of his coattails. And so I definitely can relate. Uh, he calls himself, he's the priest of our family, actually. Nice. Definitely always uh, doing his best to make sure that we always walk down the path. And yeah. so... For your business, uh, I don't think we said yet how, what's the name of your business. And then also, how does it help people start their own business? Sure. So then my business is called Ideas to Life. That's what I do. I help people bring ideas to life. I think what I have realized with my work is for a lot of people, they know they have something, right? They have this thing they've been sitting on. You, you probably can relate, Anthony. Maybe even before this podcast, you were sitting on this thing. And I have this thing, but I don't really, 
it's not crystal clear what exactly it is and how valuable it is. And so um, what I do to help people start businesses is I really take them through like three phases. One is the discovery phase, figuring out the value of what you have. So helping you know what's the common thread of the things that you're good at, you're passionate about, that people need, and then who really needs that? Because once you figure it out, you realize this is more valuable than I even thought. Um, I'm sure someone listening to this, you may be discounting something that you do. Someone, people tell you, oh, you're good at this. And you're like, ah, that's not a big deal. But yeah. once you find someone who has been like thirsty for the thing that you have in just abundant supply, you realize, oh, this is more valuable than I think. So the first step is we help people. I help people discover the value of what they have. Identify the value. The second thing I do is help them to develop it into something that they can offer to an audience, offer for sale. So once I know what I have, I need to put it into a format that people can buy. Am I making products? Am I turning that into a coaching program? Am I turning it into a membership program? What am I turning this into? Am I turning it into services? Once I know what I can, what I have, how do I turn it into something that people can pay me for? That's the second step, developing. And then the last step is deployment, right? Um, I, I use three Ds. I'm talking to a military person. I'm almost shy to use the word deployment. But the point of that is just to get it out. Don't just sit on it. How do you market it? How do you get it to the right audience? How do you put it in front of the right people so you can generate income? Those are the three steps I take to help people start businesses. How do you determine uh, which way it needs to be packaged? You know, how do you determine, hey, this needs to be a membership. This needs mm -hmm. to be a consultant uh, consultation service, you know? Yeah. That's such a great question. It's something that I think there are a few, a few things that go into that. I think for some people, it's based on personality, right? For some people, they want to be hands-on. They want to be spending time with other people and seeing the transformation that's taking place. So for those people, a coaching relationship may be their thing that works best for them. Mm -hmm. For others, time is the thing that is a, like, I don't have time. And I want a system that set it, set it and forget it so I can get my time back. And for those people, it might be products. So they want to record a course, put it up there. You buy it. I get the money. I'm sleeping. I look, wake up in the morning. I see money there. I don't really yeah. care. I mean, I, I don't care, but it's not my highest value that you do something with it and experience the transformation. My high, what's valuable to me is the time, me getting my time back. And then for membership, maybe someone What's valuable to them is recurring, you know, recurring income, um, income that they can count on on a regular basis. So they set up a membership program, just like your gym. They know I got 200 people paying me $10 a month. That's 2000, whatever is most valuable to the person and sort of in line with their personality and their experience. So I, I was working with a client recently, and I'm probably giving you a long answer to this. And we were talking about how do you package what you have? And we, we kind of determined events was going to be her thing. As we talked about oh, okay. it, she had been doing events for years. Like that's all she'd been doing. And she wanted to run away from that to do something else. And we said, no, play to your strengths. You know how to do events and people pay for events. And so that's how uh, we determined that for her. And I think it's similar for others. What have you also been doing? And so what I want to uh, reiterate on and the listeners to uh, key, key in on is uh, package your, let's just say your distribution 
based off of what what you value the most. And I think mm-hmm. that's actually a great way of breaking it down because I'm I like passive income to where I can go to sleep because I value my time, right? Me being in the yeah. military, I'm always away from my family. So mm-hmm. the next I'm not going to from one job to go to another that takes up a, a lot of time if I can if I can make it so. And so I I would like a subscription base, you know? Yeah. And you know, I put out a blog maybe or some type of maybe webinar that is subscription based. I do that one time and then it reruns. Uh, yeah. And then hopefully, you know, you know, you're making evergreen content to where it can continue to rerun and you don't have to yeah. kind of put out fresh additions every week. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And as you said, time is your limiting factor, right? Like that's the thing that you don't have a lot of. No. Um, or we, that, or when I do have a lot of it, I am very appreciative of it. And I want to yeah. say, say for it. There you go. There you go. So how do you um, get somebody to unleash their creativity? Uh, because, and I asked that question with the thought process of sometimes people, they're like, they have the idea of what they want to do, but, and they're like, hey, these are the things that I want to do. I just don't know how to get there. And I don't know how to blossom uh, my idea. And, you know, maybe that bridge, I don't know how to blossom my idea to the point where I can cross that bridge how do you help them unleash that type of creativity to get there sure i think you said something really i want to just even key in on the question you said unleash their creativity i think most people are more creative than they give themselves credit for right now they may not be artistic you good they may not be artistic but they're creative and most people what 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 one of the first steps that i do is i help people to just almost accept the fact that they're creative, right? Like if you can appreciate, I have this thing, you can do more with it. If you're pulling against that, if you're saying, ah, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. You can't, it can't really blossom. But once you can accept, I have something here, then we can start working on that. Now, um, what I do is I probe, I ask questions, right? I'm asking questions, helping them to determine what what are connections that they have? What, what What is a pattern of what you've been doing all along, even going back to childhood. Because there's some things, Anthony, that if you look at what you're doing now that you really enjoy, you may see something that relates to what you have done in the past. Like going even back to a child, I've always been the person that arranges the groove. I'm always the one that does this. That kind of helps me see, okay, this is my area, my zone of genius right here. Well, then once you've, you've done that, what I love to do is say, Let's talk about how we can start. What's the smallest thing we can start? Because when we talk about being creative, what sometimes holds us back from unleashing it is we, we think about doing everything at the beginning. But if we can say, what's, what's the smallest thing we can get started with? And you get started, once movement begins happening, that snowball effect can happen. So um, someone wants to write a book. Okay, start a blog, right? Someone wants to... Um, build a 12-month coaching program. Start with a six-week pilot program. How can we start small so that you have something that you're testing out, you're growing, and then you can keep on scaling and leveling up. But the biggest thing is to get started. I like that. And it doesn't, it's not overwhelming. It allows somebody to kind of get their feet wet, figure out, uh, like you said, a pilot program so that they can work out the kinks uh, that way, uh, I always like to refer back to uh, one of my guests was her name was Crystal Holiday, where she says started off ugly, uh, where mm-hmm. she was telling me about 
hey, it doesn't have to be pretty and perfect the first time you put it out there. Yeah. As long as you get started with your idea and you'll, you will get feedback, whether it be from yourself when you see when you see it up there on the screen or people are making comments on what changes you need to make. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I, I love that. Start start ugly, right? Because yeah, I have an iPhone. Well, I have the oldest iPhone in my house. Um, I have an iPhone 7. Okay. My kids have 11s and 12s, all right? I'm probably a little salty right now. Forgive me. Um, but I, what I realize is they didn't wait for the phone to get to version 12 before they released it, meaning as with all the features that we have in version 12. You, if anyone has ever had the old phones, the iPhones or the Androids, go back. And if you have one of those, you see this stuff was pretty basic, right? Mm. But they released it and they kept on improving and kept on improving and kept on improving. And for you, you can release. We don't want you to release junk. No, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Yes. But know that done is better than perfect. And once you release something, you can always, here's the word, perfect it. Make it better. Yes, and I'm glad you emphasize on yeah. Do not uh, put it out ugly or start off ugly doesn't mean yeah. Put out uh, garbage content. Still right. content or service that provides a good service, but you're not going to be. Don't expect to be as successful and knowledgeable as Coca-Cola, who's been putting out yeah. co- you know soda for over probably 100 years, and yeah. you just put out your new soft drink. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gonna get there. It's just you can't get to their mile 26 when you just started the starting line. Like, come on, give yourself some time. Yes. And so uh, I talked about earlier about how time is something that I definitely appreciate. And I know that a lot of other people normally, right, will have a nine to five. Uh, So how do you coach people that um, building a business for busy people? Yeah. So that's a great, great question. Um, And I, for anyone who's listening to this, Please do not think that I'm saying leave your nine to five, go start a business and forget about your responsibilities. No, that is not what I'm saying. Um, but I am saying that you can take the time that you do have. Um, some people say you're five to nine. Well, take some of the time that you do have and work on the thing that you're passionate about. Um, I think sometimes because we don't have all the time we want, we don't make a use of the time we have, Right. So we might say, well, I need 20 hours to work on this, right? A week. Well, if you can find two hours a week, how much can you get done? Um, I had a person I was working with on starting, um, they were getting a book out and they were like, I cannot get this book done because I don't have all the time I need. Well, here's the truth. If you had 20 hours a week, maybe you could get it done in three weeks. But if you had two hours a week, maybe it'll take you 30 weeks, right? but you'd still get it done. And I think sometimes we underestimate the value of small periods of time. And I think one of the things I help people to work on is what I call an ideal week. I got that from Michael Hyatt. What's my ideal week? So if everything goes well in my life, what does my week look like? All right, what's my wake up time, my go to bed time? What are my free blocks? And how many of those free blocks can I designate for working on my business? Can I, can I designate an hour a day, right? And in that hour a day, what what is the most important thing that I need to get done? Now, this might sound controversial. Your most important thing may not be social media engagement. It may be talking to potential clients. It may not be, you know, spending time developing a website. It may be coaching some individuals. And so what I want, what I encourage people is, first of all, figure out the time that you do have 
and then use that time for the most important activities to build your business. And it sounds like you're, you're forcing people to uh, have great time management uh, skills because yeah. if I only have an hour or two hours, that means I need to put my phone away. I need to yeah. not have any distractions because I need to maximize this one to two hours to make sure I write this book or I build this website or I'm perfecting this product that I want to put out. Uh, because yeah, it, it can get tough. Like it could be, be very tiring for especially people that have three kids, you work a mm-hmm. full-time job, you cook dinner, you put the kids to bed. And then before you know, it's nine o'clock and now yeah. you have to put an hour or two to do uh, your book. And then you have to wake back up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then for some people, it may be, okay, you know what? At night, that's not my most pro- um, productive time. So I need to, when, when the kids go to bed, I'm going to bed. But when, when I'm going to wake up a little bit early in the morning and give myself 30 minutes on this thing. Or the weekends, I'm going to find some time on the weekends. But my point to anyone listening to this is find the right time and don't, don't miss out on the time that you could be working on it because you don't have all the time that you want, right? You get what I'm saying? Like sometimes no, you go, yeah. I don't have all the time I want, but I do have some time. So let me use that. Yeah. And you could just break it up. Like you said, 30 weeks, that's still not an eternity. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, and you know, something like a, a product working on it for six months to make sure it, it is decent. That's not bad, you know, not at uh, all. Not at all. And so, and, being able to, to have the confidence because you're going to gain self-esteem and confidence each week that you find yourself making an inch by inch progress. And when you look back and see how much progress you made, I think you'd be, you'd be proud of yourself. So Absolutely. I think uh, that's definitely something to look into because, you know, sometimes you look at some people and they're like, yeah, I was able to build my website and how to build my website in 48 hours. And you're like, yo, how did this person have the time to even do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you know what's interesting, Anthony? I know I kind of said this as a, a by the way. I also believe in outsourcing, right? I believe one, figure out what are the things that only I can do in this business, right? So if you're a speaker, like you're the only person that can speak. You can't, you can't outsource that right? until you <laughs> yeah. became you, until you become like Tony Robbins and those people, and you you they ask for Tony and someone else shows up, but you got to speak. But there are some parts of your business that you realize. I can outsource this. I can get someone else to do this part of this so I can focus on the most important parts of my business. And that's some things that I help people to determine. You don't need to spend five, 10 hours learning something that you're not going to be as good as when you can spend a few dollars. And I'm not trying to minimize paying money, but now in our world with all of the services and freelancers, you can get someone to do something for you. And they get it done in a fraction of the time and they free up that time for you to do the things that only you can do in your business. So I'll give a good example. So I have, we run the website, we do the podcast, um, so, you know, we have our video for the YouTube. And so I did learn from scratch how to build a website. It took me three mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. right? So good experience. I appreciate it, but I, I never do it again. And so, because it took me three weeks when I could have yeah. been working on other things because we also invest in real estate and I could have been using that time to write my letters to, you know, get, uh, you know, buyers or sellers. So uh, what I did was, and, oh, with the YouTube videos, I'm horrible at editing. Uh, so, and it takes way too long. So we, I had, we had to outsource a video editor and we had to outsource a blogger for the website. 
because I would write my blogs. But if you want to do a good research blog, it could probably take you five hours. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Five to eight hours. So, and because you want to put out something good that that would yeah. be help you know people for for years to come before something better comes out. And so, yeah, I had to assess that because, like I said, my time. And so, yeah, I, I was able to find a blogger that you know for two one thousand word blogs, you know, fifty bucks. So it's not it's not that as expensive as people may think to outsource Absolutely. on particular services why you can still focus on the business. Uh, there's a term that I, w- I hear a lot uh, in, a po- in my podcast when my guests come on, they talk about working on your business versus, yeah. versus working in your business. That's good. That's a good term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, like, just like you said, I think some of us, we pride ourselves in how many things we can learn to do. Right. I'm there. I'm, I was there. I, would, I remember I was relaunching my podcast. And as I was relaunching, I was relaunching my website and Anthony, I was spending, I mean, I had gotten stuck on a part of WordPress. I was stuck. And I'm going to tell you how, like, it was frustrating because I went to bed late, stuck, woke up early, stuck, stuck. And I talked to a friend and I said, man, I'm struggling with this website. I'm, you know, I remember I'm relaunching the podcast. I'm the only one that can record the content, but I'm stuck doing website stuff. And she said, why don't you reach out to my website person? It was a college student at the time. I reached out to that young lady. That young lady has been working on my website, websites, other people's websites that I send her to for the last now almost four years because she does it so well, so quickly. She figured that thing out and has freed up my time from doing that. And as you said, it allows me to work on my business. So as many things that I can now start passing off to others, I'm trying to do that. And it's not easy for someone like me, type A personality, but I'm learning that in order for my business to grow, I can't be the lid. I can't be the one holding, doing everything because I'm holding everything down. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible. It will be impossible if the the bigger you get, right, the more you scale. Uh, But it also, hey, you know, I look at it like this. Sometimes I have to tell myself, leave it to the professionals. Yeah. You know, I, my, the website I built looks horrible in comparison to the guy that I paid to build the new website that we have coming. And uh, it's, it's actually comical because I, you know, I'm like, oh man, I did such a great job. I'm proud of myself. And it looked together, it looked neat. But when you want to have a particular look or you want to have that professional feel, which it, 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 people gravitate towards that. They feel like they could trust it when you have this professional uh, touch to it. And uh, hey, sometimes you have to understand your strengths and your weaknesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Play to your strengths and find others to cover your weaknesses. Yeah. And so um, I want to transition to something that is really uh, near and dear to my heart, and that is raising entrepreneur children. Uh, yeah. Why is that important to you? You know, um, so my wife and I, we have three teenagers, right? Um, okay. a, an 18-year-old, I'm almost forgetting my son's age. He's 18, getting ready okay. to go off to college. Uh, my, my older daughter is 16, but by the time this podcast comes out, she'll be 17. Her birthday's on Thursday. And my awesome. baby girl is 14 and she turns 15 in August. So 
I know someone's doing the math right now. Like what? 18, 17, 50. Yes, we were busy. All right. So I, <laughs> uh, but our, as our kids were coming up, it's almost one of those things that we, it was an unspoken value that we wanted our kids to value money, the value of money and understanding how they can earn money and not just be given money. Those were two things that were, I don't know if my wife ever sat, my wife and I ever sat down and said, we want to do this, but it was almost like it was something that we said, like it was a value that was unspoken that we wanted to create. We wanted them to understand the value of money and how to earn it and not just be given it. And so from an early age, some of the things that we did is we said, you know what, you're not going to get an allowance. We'll give jobs around the house and you can get paid for a job. And then at some points later on, we actually upped that and said, listen, we're doing job postings, Anthony. You can apply for like this that. job. You get like interviewed that. for this job. And we have to tell us why you should get this job. And then you get I'm paid, have to right? steal that, man. I'm going to have to steal listen, that. I'm going to have to tell my father that, too. Listen, it's funny. I posted something on my social media the other day. And, and I'll come back to what you said. But my daughter, who is 14, right, she sends my wife gave, gives her the job to clean our refrigerator. My wife, my wife was like, I'm not I don't want to clean this thing. It's an old food, whatever, whatever. And they had already worked out. This is what they're going to pay. She was going to pay her. My daughter at the end sends her a de- gives her a detailed invoice, um, in- initial inspection, uh, whatever, whatever, and then leaves a line for tip. Tips are appreciated. I mean, it was so funny when I posted it. It got a lot of buzz because I think what people were seeing is this girl understands pricing. She understands money. Well, <laughs> a couple of couple of things that I think that we did along the way that I, I would encourage other parents. We said to our kids, we're going to buy you some popsicles. We're going to buy you some snacks and some water. You freeze it, take it to the park, you sell it, and you take the money. You work out the profit, right? Um, they wanted to buy a dog. And we said, we're not going to, we're not going to, we don't want, we didn't want a dog. So we said, you have to make, get the money for this dog. Well, these kids went and got jobs and none of them were 10 yet. They got jobs at local um, small businesses, a bakery and a barbershop. My son was sweeping up here. My daughters were making boxes. But I think all of that was helping them to understand the value of money and how we can earn it and not be given it. So they bought the dog. The dog is still here with us. Well, keep go- let me keep going with this story. A couple of years ago, I was going to run a summer camp for kids on how to start a podcast because I was podcasting and I talked to my kids I and mean, none of my kids to a person said, uh, that's a bad idea. We wouldn't, that's, that's whack. That was your word. That's whack. We don't want to do that. But my youngest said, if you run a camp on how to start a business, I would take that camp. I said, you for real? So I put it out there. I, I tested it out. I didn't even have, I didn't record anything by the time I put it out. I just put it out there. Is anyone interested in this? Here's the cost people bought. She took the camp, started a nail, um, press on nail business. Manicure comes to your house. Her older sister looked at her, started seeing money and said, I got to do something with myself. So she started designing T-shirts with sayings, put it out there. People started buying. Well, along the way, what I realized is there were lessons that I was learning from them that I wanted to share now with other parents and other children that you could take the things that you're good at. You could take the things you're passionate about. And even as a child and as a teenager, there are ways for you to design those things and earn money and the money they earn in their businesses. Most for the most part, I'll just not make a general statement for the most part, they value it more than the money that they're given as if someone was just giving them a gift or we were just giving them an allowance. So 
So what you're saying is so monumentally important. Uh, I think we, I'm not sure about your upbringing, but I know a lot of people, uh, they want, the biggest thing is I don't want my kids to go through what I went through growing up. And so we find ourselves overcompensating and giving our kids the things that we never got, but they didn't earn it. And then they go, they grow up and uh, two things happen. Uh, they realize they're not as special as they thought they were. Like everybody's <laughs> telling them like, what are you doing? Why would I give you this? Yeah, There's no handouts here. Like right. go to your parents for that. Uh, or they get held accountable and realize, wow, if I do X, Y, and Z, I lose, this gets taken out of my paycheck. And now I'm affected when I have to, you know, sustain my living. And so I think the biggest, one of the biggest things we could teach, because I know a lot of people are big on like money's not everything, right? Uh, so I will say this, money is not everything, but it is just as probably just as important as oxygen because we need mm. it in order to live. That's true. And so uh, because to not teach our kids the value of a dollar is setting them up for failure. And the biggest way you could uh, uh, teach them the value is earning it. Because they're yeah. like, dang, like, dang, man, I got to work this hard for $5. And then when they get those $5 and then they want to buy something, I bet you they are probably less likely to spend it so uh, without without thinking, right? Absolutely. Because it's their money now. Yeah. And so that prepares them uh, for when they become an adult. And so I'll give you a little bit of a side story. I set up a project, a lemonade stand project for my son this weekend. And so lemonade stand is pretty Everybody, that's a new that's an old concept everybody does the lemonade stand I, I did one too when i was like 10 but what i'm doing with my son is i told him i'm going to i'm going to loan you 50 dollars mm-hmm. because you don't have any money right or at least the, the money that you do have has been a you know accumulation from like your grandma and your mom and uh you know i'm not gonna let you spend that money uh on this business venture that you're doing so i'm gonna loan you 50 dollars and i want 10 percent back so i want 55 dollars back so you need to look up how much you need, how much your materials are going to cost. Mm-hmm. You need to look up in order to uh, pay me back, at least how much you need to charge your uh, your cups of water slash lemonade. And so and you need to do research. And so that we could buy our materials by this week and then we could sell on uh, this weekend. There's a park, a park near us where everybody from the city usually goes to run every weekend, especially it's the summertime. So I'm I'm not uncertain about he will make sales, but I want him to do his uh, cost price analysis. Yeah. And so the goal is for him to have $75 at the end of it all. So he, he'll have a $20 profit and he'll be paying me back, you know, my $55. And so I want to teach him, uh, okay, yes, you work, you work for your money, but you didn't have it all to start your business venture. Okay, so what do people do? They go to a bank, right? They go to a, maybe a hard money lender. Uh, and so, okay, I had to get financing. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure when I do this business venture that I am able to uh, accept the risk or assess the risk, accept it, and then make sure I execute effectively with my numbers to ensure I can pay these people back so that now I'm not uh, filing bankruptcy. Right. And yeah. so I don't I haven't thought of a creative way to make sure he learns his lesson if he, he if he can't make uh, the money back to me. But uh, it's to kind of put an entrepreneurial spirit into him. Uh, allow him to assess uh, assess risk and to make sure that he's uh, looking at the, the cost price comparison because nobody's going to buy an $8 cup of lemonade. That's right. So, <laughs> you know, so you may need to 
figure out. Maybe he said family he members. Make- Maybe family members, but no <laughs> one in the general public. No. Yes. Yes. And so because he tells me he wants fresh organic lemonade. So I'm like, OK, because oh, wow. I was just talking about some tang or something like some <laughs> lemonade mix. He wants to step that thing up. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, Anthony, you're going to have to make sure that you uh, he's, a, he's a junior. I was like, Anthony, you're going to have to make sure that you uh, up that that uh, lemonade cup price. Then you may not be able to sell it for a dollar. You probably have to do a dollar seventy five, maybe maybe dollar fifty. So think about that and come back to me. So uh, that's why, like I was saying, man, this this topic is near and dear to me because uh, I don't. This is what he said to me. He told me about a month ago. We I had asked him a question about, like, you know, what did he want to do? And, you know, in his life. And he talked about, well, you know, I have to see what my boss, you know, wants. And that's when I'll know, you know, what I need to do. I said, Anthony, uh, why do you think you need a boss? And it's because he couldn't articulate it the proper way. But what he was getting at is that's what he's been taught in school. Mm -hmm. That's what he's been shown on on TV Mm -hmm. shows and movies. Right. This, This guy or girl having a boss, them being told what to do, probably being unhappy in what they do. And right. so him at the age of eight has consumed that and said, well, okay, that's what I probably need to do too. Yeah. Well, that's what's meant for me. And so I explained to him, you don't need to have a boss in order to be, to tell you what you need to do in life. You can do your own thing. That's there right. are plenty of entrepreneurs that, that are teenagers now, you know, thank you social media where they'll probably never have to work for somebody else at a day in their life. That's right. that's they'll right. never even exp- know that experience. And yeah. so uh, not to say having a boss is, is, is wrong and it's uh, you're less than, uh, but I definitely do encourage uh, our kids that if you have a skill, right, that you need or you need help unleashing your creativity, which I think is the job of, of parents is, yes, you may not be doing exactly what I was doing. I was Maybe I, I ended up being a doctor and now you want to be a shoemaker. Well, OK, how can I I have to make that adjustment? How can I uh, help you? Right. And it enables for you to reach your dreams and, and your maximum creativity so that you can uh, end up working for yourself or maybe providing uh, some type of uh, insight to a, comp- uh, a company, some type of major consultant. Uh, yeah, so you I'm know, really big on that. I mean, I want to applaud you for um, doing that for your son. And one of the things that I'm I'm 100 percent confident for your son, for my daughters, what they're going to get out of those experiences, what my daughters are getting is so much beyond the money that they're making, the life lessons they're going to learn. I mean, just even the shift in mindset that, wait a minute, if I want something, I can create a product that people need, go where they are, offer it to them, gain money. So I don't always have to wait for someone else to do this. I can use my creativity. And I think that's one of the the things that I think... um, that's why this is a burden for me to encourage youth entrepreneurship because, you know, now Anthony, he's going to have to pay you back. Right. But what risk does he have? You know, if he doesn't make the money, he's not, not going to have money for rent. Right. He's not, yeah, yeah. my life's not going to get cut off. And I think for my girls, um, one of the things I tell them is, and they've, they, they say it now is there's no risk. So try anything, right? Like try yeah. stuff. I mean, he can, he can say, I'm going to do what you said. It's the special kind of lemonade. Like he can try that because, there's no real risk, right? No, because, yeah. And that's what people need. I think sometimes that's what holds us back from being creative because, oh man, I have people depending on me. But when you start as a young person, you can really just explore. And sometimes you hit on the thing, not the, you, the thing that you're doing leads you to the thing you need to be doing, 
right? Just trying something gets you where you need to go. And that's why I really want to say to, to someone watching this, if you're a parent, um, you know, allow your kids to explore. It may not be the first thing. The first thing may not hit, but it may lead them to the thing that will eventually take off. So. No, exactly. And if anything, it builds their confidence up. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm not looking for Anthony to, to drive a lemonade truck when he gets older. I mean, he, he may very well have an lemonade company. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's not that my first thought. But my the, the biggest thing I want is him to gain the confidence and say, all right, I can do this. OK, what's the next thing I can do? Maybe mm -hmm. landscaping. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we live in an HOA, so you ain't gonna be able to do it around here. But uh, <laughs> something uh, to where he can provide identify a, a problem and be able to solve that problem. Cause that's all business is uh, yeah. identifying a problem, finding a niche and then be able to execute it to where, you know, obviously you can provide a service Absolutely. Uh, because um, I just, just recently um, right before I was talking to you, I was talking to uh, somebody else I was interviewing and about finding specific niches that are to your personality or to maybe where you, your demographic or where you live. And then also maybe uh, it can also kind of key into maybe maybe your, your upbringing. So mm -hmm. maybe where you're from, right, from Brooklyn. What was a problem that was going on in Brooklyn that you could think of when you was growing up that maybe if you had solved it, you know, in your teenage years your, your, or uh, your adulthood, uh, probably could have changed the trajectory of the community uh, and obviously been a profit for you, uh, maybe a park, Right. Yeah. 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 Because Brooklyn has gentrified over the last 25 it's, years. It's, it's not the same. It is not the same. But to your point, activities for people for the summer, like because in any any situation like, you know, where there are not things to do, people make bad decisions and, and find things to do that they should. And so that's a problem, you know, for some people. When we think back on our life, like um, what when did you need help and how could you be what you needed at that point? Got that from one of my own podcast guests. Be who you needed. And it might be who you need right now, but it could be who you needed 20 years ago. You didn't have mentors. You didn't have wisdom. This was the problem. How can I create a network of mentors to help people who are at the stage I was 20 years ago? And actually, shout out to Jessica Shroud. She was the one that actually told me that. I want to make sure I give her props to that. Sure. And uh, so uh, speaking of your, your daughters and your children, uh, which daughter is it that you do the all up in the business, uh, YouTube channel with? Yeah, that's my baby girl, Joelle. Joelle is my, um, natural entrepreneur. She is business minded. She's the person where, uh, she's the one that gave my wife the list, the, um, $20 and she had the initial inspection and tip and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That's her. Um, and one of the things we do on there is we talk as a father daughter, um, in business duo to help other parents. Cause one of the things I know that's important is you need parental support. If you're a teen or a child in business. And so we talk about when a teen starts a business, um, everyone is all up in the business. Like you need the parents to play a certain role and the child plays a certain role. And so that's what we talk about. And we talk how we talk about how to make the money, how to do different things and how to spend the money. I think that's almost as important. When um, it's, you don't want your kids to be easy, come easy, go like money comes, it's gone. And what just happened? It's like, no, we've we've talked about creating buckets for saving, for giving, for spending yes. so that they understand yes. when money comes in my business, I'm saving some for short term, for long term. I'm investing, I'm giving because we, we want that to be a value of theirs. 
And also I'm spending. I, I don't want to minimize spending because if you're making money, you should have some enjoyment from it, right? Anthony, you don't want to make money and then you'd be like, I'm just bored. No, you want to you want to enjoy that thing. No, you're right. Uh, we actually do the envelope system. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of came from the Dave Ramsey yeah. uh, book that we read where we do our budget. But then I also have the envelope system for our son where he has uh, giving, saving, spending. Uh, so whenever he gets paid of doing something, he splits it up. Yeah. So uh, definitely, man, on the same page with you on that one. I think it's a I think this is a cool concept. Uh, I think gone are the days. Don't get me wrong. I will say, obviously, you're not going to tell your kids, hey, look, uh, this is our mortgage. This is exactly how much our mortgage costs and we couldn't pay it. Uh, but I think gone are the days when the parents are it's like taboo to talk to your yeah. kids about money. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you, you're right. I think the, the, the old days for some people. Um, the only conversation we had about money is we don't have any, right? Like, we don't have any money. Like, no, we don't have any money. Like that's, that's all we talked about. Like we don't have any money. I think, no, I think your kids should understand how to balance and budget their money before they leave your house so that when they get somewhere and they get their first check, they, they don't just spend it on, oh, it's party time. And then bills come. No, you, you need to help them understand money and the real the real implications of how to use it i think the funniest thing that i, I used to joke with my family about um because i learned i didn't learn budgeting until i became an adult and the biggest thing i remember used to come up was uh yeah this bill came out of nowhere and i was like how did bills come out of nowhere <laughs> like we <laughs> yeah and i get it so i get it now as an adult like you don't want to deal it's like bills you don't want to deal with but it's it's definitely teaching your kids like, hey, look, when you when you sign up for a subscription, you sign up for a service, write it all down, keep track of all of it so that yeah. it doesn't come back and bite yeah. you in the butt. Uh, because and and to not live above your means, right? Yeah. Uh, I I think we all feel like we're entitled to the world. We we want the world, but you know we want the nice things in life. We want to go fly first class and be in an island with palm trees. Uh, but did we work hard enough to get there? Because that is something you can't cheat. Uh, I can be, feel like I'm entitled and deserve everything in the world. Uh, but one thing I will say about uh, whether you want to call it success or money or resources is that uh, some people do get breaks, right? They get, mm-hmm. we'll say they get lucky, maybe the lottery, but there had to have been some type of work, whether it was your parents or you put in place in order for those things to be accessible to you. Uh, for you to enjoy those things absolutely uh, there is there is no cheating on that and if there is then you know obviously a lot of times it comes back to bite people that's book. right that's right yeah and so uh, i want to talk about your your four books uh that you uh, wrote because you're an author right right you know, your father yeah. past minister uh <laughs> businessman you're also an author uh so please tell us about your books and what led you to uh writing them sure so my books uh that i'm talking about are ebooks right and um, one of the things I recognize is for some people, um, we, we learn in different ways. So I have a podcast and I'm putting out content in the audio format. For, but for some people, for them to get it, to gain what I'm sharing, they need it in a book format. And then quite honestly, Anthony, when, once you're an author, it kind of is one of those things that gives you a little bit of like social proof. Oh, man, you're an author, right? Well, what I did is some of the same things I've been speaking about and sharing on my podcast, 
I put some of those down into a book. So the first one is I'm talking about is how to bring ideas to life. I was sharing about it. I was talking about it. And I just simply said, let me take some of the stuff I was saying and write it down. And I just took a process of, okay, what are the, what are the big things I'm talking about? What are the steps? And if, once I had the steps, I started breaking it down into smaller steps. And I think that's something for anyone you're looking at writing a book. Okay. How can you write a, a, a sentence that summarizes what this book is supposed to talk about? And then you outline what are the steps to get there? And then what are the chapters that go there? And then what are the sections? And once you do that, you can start the process, but take the big thing and break it down into smaller pieces. Then people were asking me how to start a podcast. So I did an ebook on seven steps to launching a profitable podcast. Um, I was working with people on getting things out there and I realized there were four things that were stopping them. So I wrote an ebook on that. And then the last one that I'm mentioning today is um, a, a workbook for the teens who are starting businesses. That was the last one that I did. But the point I want to just share with anyone is some of this is more doable than we think it is. It's simply us taking the big goal and breaking it out into smaller pieces and then working on those smaller pieces. Uh, and so, again, that's one thing that I, I want people to take into consideration. We talked about earlier about uh, stretching it out if you have to, right? You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to take three weeks. Maybe it takes 30, but at least you're making progress in yeah. doing it. And so um, I have to check out your ebooks, man, because uh, some people, they sometimes they need that that read or I know some people they'll do uh, they'll have their blogs and then comprise them into a book. Mm -hmm. uh, so somebody could just read it all in one shot or take a book that they wrote and then break it down to a bunch of articles. You see, I, you just said it right there. It's like, there's not just one way to write a book, right? It's some people write blogs and then take it, put them together, expand some of the stuff and you got a book. For some people, I, I know a guy who's a binge writer, right? <laughs> this guy is crazy. He'll go for a week away somewhere and just write like crazy and come out of there with his manuscript right now he's a busy person but what he determined is i can't do it in like small chunks like i was mentioned earlier but i can do it i can find a week that i remove distractions and i just knock it out and maybe that helps someone just by me mentioning that you can say oh i can find a, a couple weekends i can find a week here and i can just knock this thing out i like that uh, for some reason i imagine that guy doing it on the island uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think sometimes you probably need a cold place that you, you know, it doesn't have any temptation to get out there on the beach and just like, uh, uh, you know what? I'll just relax on the beach for a couple hours. And then I'll, no, there's nothing to do here. I think that's my imagination. He's in a place with nothing to do. I might as well write. I feel you. I feel you. And so you have a, you are a man of purpose and I appreciate that. And so uh, with that person's, purpose uh there's a big why behind it i could tell uh what is your big why what is your or as i like to say what is your rich state of mind is the why you do what you do my big why is um i believe this is this is a statement i'm going to kind of quote a movie the movie's called incredibles um in the incredibles first one the mom um the last the girl the dad is caught they're in a in a cave she's in a cave with her two kids and the daughter is scared and the mom says this to her you have more power than you realize you have more power than you realize and my big why is i firmly believe 
that most people in this world have more more creativity more more ideas more going for them like they have inside of them than they realize and my burden is to help people to recognize what they have and to begin using it that's my burden my burden is to help teens to do that to do that and adults to do that because i believe most of us are sitting on just amazing things and we just need someone to come alongside us and have that same conversation that elastic girl had with violet you have more power than you realize I like that. And uh, shout out to Pixar in a kid sure. reference. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first person to break it down like that, man. I, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, Got to check out your books. Uh, big, big things I want to pinpoint on uh, before we close it up is unleashing your creativity, learn how to turn your knowledge and expertise into uh, some type of income, how to package it. It could be a subscription. It could be a webinar. It could be a product. Uh, whatever best fits you, identifying a niche also that can maybe related to your life, what Mm -hmm. it is right now, slash your personality. And then also teaching your kids the value of a dollar and uh, raising an entrepreneurial spirit in your children. Uh, It may not be like the lemonade stand or, uh, you know, mopping the floor uh, as, but I like that idea, man, about taking the jobs. Yeah, uh, I like yeah, that yeah. idea. So it, it may not be something like that, but it definitely get, it gets the your children's brains churning into what can I do so that I can have freedom and the power to really the power to be able to provide a service and, and, and resources and income to myself without really needing that boss, right? Mm-hmm. Without being so afraid of am I going to get laid off today? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a different type of stress, but then a lot of the majority. The majority consensus would say that they find some type of freedom in that, that they are, their income, their life, their time is based off of what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. And thank you for having me, Anthony. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, thank you for allowing me to, to, to share in this rich state of mind. And uh, for anyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, would love to connect with you more. So thank you so much. And where can people find you, man? Sure. So um, on any social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, you can find me at Kimon Hines. So um, I'm going to spell it because my name is commonly misspelled. It's K-Y-M-O-N-E-H-I-N as in Nancy, D as in David, S as in Sam. At Kimon Hines on any social media platform or my website, ideas to life.me, ideas to life.me. Thank you so much, Kimon. It's been a, a great honor. I from father to father, I appreciate what you're doing as Thank well. You. And uh, you have a great night, man. Thank you.